Sports, Anthology Obscuria. Welcome to Anthology Obscura. I'm Louie, and I'm joined by Sam. Hello. And Chris. Hello. With the sexy voice. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the inaugural somewhat episode of this new spin-off show, I guess is what you would call it, right? We are the we are the Family Matters to Haunted Hangover's Perfect Strangers. There you go. <laughs> That's a good way of, uh, <laughs> of describing it. I didn't think about that. That's a great way of describing it, Chris. And yeah, that, that's basically what we're going to do. The format's going to be pretty chill, pretty laid back. Basically, every episode, one of us is going to pick a, a an episode of a, of a show, an anthology-specific show. And it doesn't necessarily have to be horror, a horror show. It could be sci-fi, action, drama, whatever, as long as it uses the anthology format. Personally, I've always loved the format. Chris, I know you like the format as well. Huge, huge fan of the format. Yeah, just anthology television, movies, all that shit is phenomenal. It's inspired me to want to make movies. Sammy, I, I know you like Goosebumps. You're wearing a Goosebumps shirt right now, which is anthology as well. So oh, what a thought. There you Some go. of my favorite television programs are anthology-based. So Exactly. So I, we, we all have a love for anthology television. And we do plan on covering anthology film as well down the line. The show will evolve over time. And, and as long as anthology is involved in some way, we can talk about it. Just you wait till our Tales from the Hood episode. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't wait until we dive into Tales from the Hood one day. <laughs> Also, Dave will be making appearances from time to time. The, the normal podcast isn't going anywhere. This is just, we're just adding more, more love to Haunted Hangover. We're just give ourselves more work. We just Given, love yes, to work. More, more work to do. Um, <laughs> and both of you have been on the normal podcast. Both of you are involved behind the scenes heavily with Haunted Hangover and the video stuff. Chris, you've been involved a lot with, with just... The best, the, the best boy behind the scenes. Yes, that's what you've been doing. And Sam, at this point, if, if you've been following Haunted Hangover, you know what Sam does. So mm -hmm. you guys don't need that much of an introduction when it comes to comes to this new this new podcast that we're going to be uh, doing. So that leads me to what we're going to be talking about, which is probably one of the most popular anthology television shows. And that's Tales from the Crypt. Now, now I'm a huge that's this is like one of my favorite shows ever tales from the crypt chris where do you stand when it comes from comes to uh tales from the crypt are you right. a big fan this is gonna be a, a bit of a controversial uh <laughs> uh take here but i was always growing up i was always more tales from the crypt movies than i was tales from the crypt tv shows like the tales mm. from the crypt uh like demon knight bordello of blood like i was yeah. always always more into the movies than i was the regular series, but I will add to that the caveat that I loved the animated Tales from the Crypt Tales Keeper, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> series yeah. growing That's up. So, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll dive into Tales from the Crypt Keeper too down the line because that's also an anthology format. Yes. Sammy, you're the younger yes. one here. I am the younger one, what the wee baby. Think? And I know, and I know, growing up because we're siblings. 
Yeah. You did watch Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, but do you I remember did. it being on TV at all? I do very vaguely remember it being on TV. I know we watched because we didn't really have cable. Was it not? Was it an HBO, HBO series? Okay, so I know we didn't have cable. So if we we got lucky, or if we had it on on VHS or something recorded from TV, um, I know we did see a few. I, I like for me, it's like the just the intro is like super like in, into my brain, like just implanted in my brain. That is it. Was it Danny Elfman that did the music for that too? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I think that just like that, the intro music, it, that's what I, as soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh, and so I have some nostalgia. So I remember very vaguely, I probably have watched more now in my adulthood than I did when it was actively on tv i mean i was it wasn't born yet when it like first really no, came no. Out. yeah i was gonna say i don't even think you were born when this episode aired no it, i wasn't so it's uh <laughs> but but i do remember watching some maybe like repeats or some shit on tv i, I used oh, to rent the vhs tapes a lot i think that's we what it kids, was and that's yeah. probably how you saw it they did mm-hmm. air it on fox from time to time and we right. did have we did have hbo but it came and went when we were kids. Yeah. So, we were subscribed for the three months and then yeah. we just kind of like d- got rid of it after that. We'd, lo- we'd, lose, it. we'd lose it for uh, the winter or something like that and then get it back in the summer. Some nonsense. Yeah. It depends if mom wanted to watch a specific show that was on it or not. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of how that was. But but yeah, I, I, I've always, again, one of my favorite shows. And, and I think it's pretty iconic. The Crypt Keeper is a super iconic character. I think any, yeah. even if you've never watched Tales from the Crypt and you see the Crypt Keeper, you're like, oh, that's the Crypt Keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even if you can't knows. even recite a plot of one of the no. episodes, like you still know who that character is. Like Chris said, he got his own animated kids TV series at one point. Yeah. If that tells you how popular he was, you mm-hmm. know, during the right. late 80s, early 90s. So I, I've always got love for the Crypt Keeper. He had his own Christmas album. He had his own toys. He had all kinds of shit. So that's kind of amazing. Oh yeah, we listened itself. during uh, Christmas. We listened to the was it the twelve was it twelve days of Christmas? But it was it was something else. It was like 12, 12 scares. Yeah, twelve Christ. Oh, it, we listened to the whole thing too, and it was uh it was pretty redundant, but it was pretty cool. No, it was great. Everything, every, everything he does is pretty <laughs> hysterical and pretty funny. So, you know, yeah. I've got a Crypt Keeper doll somewhere around here. And I've got like a little action figure. So I've got my own Crypt Keeper memorabilia I have. Yeah. But the episode we're going to be talking about, I wouldn't say is is a very popular one. It's not people's go-to when they think of Tales from the Crypt. And that is the episode Three's a Crowd. Tonight. I've chosen a fiendish little tale from my hold of moldy oldies. We've been invited to an anniversary celebration of holy deadlock. You know, to love and to perish, for richer, for horror, in sickness and in stealth, till death do us part. (laughs) This is one anniversary the husband will never forget. This episode was released on May 1st, 1990, and it's season two, episode five. Now, season two is probably my own personal favorite season. It has the most well-known actors in it, like everyone's in it. Demi Moore, Bobcat, mm-hmm. Gold, is it Goldwick? Goldwick. Goldwick, yeah, he's in an episode. Uh, 
Uh, what's uh, a lot of people? Miguel Ferrer from RoboCop and Twin Peaks and stuff. Like he's in an episode. George Clooney's cousin. Is that George Clooney's cousin? <laughs> yeah. Did not know that. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> there you go. Of course, Chris would know that. Uh, Katie Seagal from Married with Children's in an episode. This oh, wow. season two has the most well-known actors. The entire series does, but this season specifically has got a shit ton of actors that you will recognize. Which is very surprising considering that the three main actors in this episode are not very well known. No, no. they're like C-list, C-list actors. I, I know a lot of actors, like, and you guys mm-hmm. do too, but like, I could not pinpoint anything that no. the three of yeah. these people were in outside of this. And I think that's why most people, this isn't people's go-to when it comes to Tales from the Crypt. Right, they're like, I have to watch that one because, you know, Demi Moore is in it. We got to watch that one. Right. The Demi Moore one's super popular. Like most people, that's what they think of. That's one of the more popular ones. But with this one, like these three actors are basically TV actors. When you look up their IMDb, it's like all TV stuff for the most part. I saw Happy Days. Oh, maybe one of them. The main dude, and it's interesting because the main guy and, and their names, and I have their names in my notes here. It's Gavin O. I'm probably going to butcher this. O'Hurley. Oh, he's a Scottish actor. He's an, he's an Irish actor. O'Hurley. Yeah, O'Hurley. Ruth DeSosa and Paul Lieber. Like, if you look at their IMDb's, all of them have been on, like, TV shows, like, one or two yeah. episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, right. This was probably, and this guy, Gavin O'Hurley, Hurley, whatever it is, he's got a really unique look. When you like, he, he he had a very uh, in a in a couple of shots he had kind of like a Jake Busey kind of vibe to him. That's kind of what I was thinking too. I was like, his nostrils are very flary, kind of gingerish, <laughs> but he's not yeah. a redhead. Like, and he's, yeah. he's covered in freckles though. But then also he he also kind of reminded me of uh, the guy that played Shao Kahn in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yes. Just th- that dude was in Cobra, wasn't yes, he? Or yes, those, yes, like, yeah, 80s, one of those. I think he's in one of those like Stallone or like Jean Claude Van Damme movies. He's in, he was on like one of the episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show too. I think that weird. Yeah, movie. he was. Uh, he was also on X Files for a while too. Yes, yes, yes. So a lot of these actors, and this guy specifically, this O'Harely guy, he again such a unique, like really unique look. Like when I saw him, he's always smoking cigarettes. And I'm about to get into the plot of this episode, a brief little plot here, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it in a second. But he's always smoking. He always looks stressed. Like you said, Sammy, his his nostrils forever flaring and everything. <laughs> and we'll get a little bit more into the performances later. Let, let's go into this synopsis for Three's a Crowd. So we meet a couple, Richard and I believe it's Della. Is how you Della. pronounce that? Mm-hmm. Who are going through a rough a rough patch. Richard's an insecure man who is unhappy that he can't get Della pregnant. You also get the sense that he doesn't have much money. He's kind of broke. I believe later on you find out that he's a bartender or something. Yeah, he lost his like finance job. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's a little suspicious because his wife has been a bit secretive about stuff. Getting home late. Stuff like that, little little shady, keeping stuff from her man. You know, he's not he's not very happy about that. So the couple gets invited to stay at their friend Alan's vacation home. And he's like this wealthy dude. And we learn that Della and him have a history that they possibly dated in high school or college. 
right? I, I, am I wrong in saying that? I think that's kind There's of the some vibe kind of implied. Yeah, he says uh, when they're driving at one point, he says something about how he should have fought harder for her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then at the at the dinner table, there's a point where he says, um, "Was that before or after we were together? We were yeah. seeing each other." And the he two of them are very flirtatious in this episode. Very flirtatious, <laughs> too flirtatious. Which is weird, considering that he was Gavin's best man at the wedding. Right, not just any friend. That's the best. That's the best man from ten years prior. Yeah. It's strange, too, because it's like, fine, you know, this dude dated your wife beforehand, mm-hmm. but why, but he like, you like, obviously we don't get a lot of details because this is only like a 27 minute long episode, but like, mm-hmm. what, like, has this been going on forever? Because yeah. these are not like young people. These people live there in their no. 40s. So I'm like, yeah. when, like, I'm guessing it's a newer marriage. Again, you don't really get mm-hmm. all you don't get every nook and cranny no. of this couple's relationship or how long it's been going on. All you know is that he's stressed and they can't have a baby. That's basically mm-hmm. all you know about them. And that this dude dated her at one point. Right. As much exposition as you could squeeze into like twenty minutes, basically, is what you get. I think that they I think they did a lot. I think they did a lot with that. They did. They, they didn't do a bad job. You got the point, no. which is which was what you needed to know about mm-hmm. these characters. Right. But yeah, he, he, you know, one night Richard discovers the two of them talking, having a conversation, sipping on some, uh, you know, brandy, wine, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they, whatever, I guess, rich people do. I guess <laughs> that's what I got from that. But they're sipping on it. And we, we learn that Dila and Alan are keeping a secret from Richard. My man is not happy. He is as tight as it gets, Richard, when he discovers this. He overhears it because... Alan, <laughs> Alan says, your old life is going to end and your new life is going to begin. The, wor- the wording used is pretty funny because it's like, wow, how convenient when you find out. And we're not going to get into the ending of what happens until much later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he finds her not in bed. It's like basically every time Richard wakes up, she's not in bed with him. She goes out to like go shopping one morning with Alan, they're hanging out late at night. So he ends up like flipping out on both of them and gets destroyed, shit-faced on whiskey. He's pounding down booze, getting hammered. That's like his breakfast. My man's pants aren't even on yet. He's just drinking (laughs) whiskey. And he's just not happy because she bought, like I think he bought her, I think Alan bought her an expensive coat. A very expensive, nice white, bright white coat. I would hate for anything to ruin that coat. It's a beautiful the looking fir- coat. The first time we see her, she's wearing the. She's yeah. like, oh, I got a new coat. Alan got it for me. Shoulder pads. They, they start right away with that. <laughs> yes. We, we start right away with that. So eventually, to kind of to kind of get through the the little synopsis here, eventually in a drunken rampage, because that's what it is. Richard kills Alan with a crossbow. He gets the bright idea by looking at a deer head on the wall. And strangles Della with like underwear or lingerie, I believe is what mm-hmm. it is, right? That yeah. Alan It was her? a panty it was a pantyhoe. We so so we suspect that Alan bought it for her because they found it. He the husband, Richard, found it like really deep in her drawers. We don't really know for sure that he bought it for her, but it was sexy lingerie that you would probably wear yes. on a special night. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And and it was a, it was one single hosiery. 
one single just, sock. Just one hoe. One hosiery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a solo hoso. One single hose. A solo hoso. And, 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 and it had to be expensive because he strangled her with it. Yes. Right. The crappy brand. ones rip. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So at the end, and we'll get to that a little later. Yeah. It's got a pretty messed up ending. Pretty gut that's punch. That's both depressing, but very yeah. well executed. And I want to save right. that for later. We'll get into that yeah. later. Yeah. Obviously, we're going to be spoiler, spoiling the spoilers, spoilers Probably everywhere. should started with that. <laughs> yes. So... At this point, this is also from 1990. Uh, yeah. So. yeah, 31 year old show. I think yes. it's, I think it's okay <laughs> to spoil it. Sorry, you now, haven't watched now, it. That's your problem. Both <laughs> of you have never watched this episode before. No, right? I've never watched this. So this is new to both of you. Now, without talking about the ending, I yes. want your initial thoughts on Three's a Crowd. Chris, your initial thoughts on this episode. See, it's it's hard to to give a. <laughs> clear thought without informing the ending but i will say that there is a lot in there where i feel sympathy toward gavin yeah but then the dialogue from the other characters is so insane and some <laughs> yes, of the stuff that they sense. say to each other is is it leads Gavin there and it's ridiculous yeah. in the way that they talk because of something that comes later. It's ridiculous yeah. that they say yeah. the stuff that they say to each other. Um mm-hmm. and the, and Alan he's kind of scummy. He's yeah. he's very scummy. He's he's that he's like that that shitty friend that throws his money around. And mm-hmm. um yeah. Do I think you deserve to die? No. <laughs> but uh Yeah, so it's like it, it, it it's a fine line cuz it's a it's a weird uh I, I will say it's not it doesn't feel like a horror episode. No. More so it's more so like a you know a thriller and I like that most of the episodes of uh Tales from the Crypt are like 20 22 minutes. This one is closer to 30 minutes in its own runtime mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the last like 15 minutes or so that you like sit with Gavin and kind of go on his deep dive into his insanity. It works mm-hmm. out much better in that kind of longer pacing, I think. But uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about the ending when, when we get there. What about you, Sam? what did you think of this episode? So the thing, this is a tricky thing now. Okay. I'm going to say something. So <laughs> this is a tricky thing. We have seen, Film and TV has progressed so much as far as plot and storyline um, goes that this isn't necessarily an episode of an anthology or a show. This isn't necessarily a, a story that we haven't seen before. Okay, mm-hmm. so you kind of it's a little hard to put put you like watch this with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Like I, I within the first few minutes, I kind of already knew what the hell was going on. Okay. But I had to remind myself, okay, well, like you said, 31 years ago, it's literally older than me. Um, Maybe this is not this is not an idea that has been played with as much. So the shock factor is definitely there. Shock factor wasn't there just because I knew what was going on. Mm, All right. Now, that doesn't mean I I knew Mm -hmm. I saw it all coming, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like it. I liked it very much. I, I thought it was it was 
hilarious. <laughs> I know it's not <laughs> meant to be funny. I know it's not meant to be funny, but with these kind of like C-list actors in this horror anthology, I mean, the acting is just like so ridiculous. <laughs> these yeah. scenes with with um, with Richard's character, like where he's drunk and he's angry and he's angsty and it's like he's stuck in the cabin and he's going nuts because his wife is a floozy. Um, it's so funny to me. I really I liked agree. it. I also made a big note on the fashion in this episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys caught it. First of all, the white coat, we see the white coat more than once. Yeah. And, and it's because Richard decides he wants to try it on for size. It, <laughs> when that happened, I actually lost my mind. I love a good drag moment. I also love Alan's double polo. Yes. <laughs> rich guy. Yeah, he's a rich, that's how you're going to know he's a rich guy if he's not wearing two polos. He's not rich unless he has a double polo and owns a yacht. Yeah. Um, so, I, side note, I, I, that scene where they're on the yacht, I wonder if it's green screened or not because it looked very good for 19. Yeah, I would have to go back and check to really see. It looked very good. I was like, oh shit. I mean, it, it was nuts. Like, um, but but overall, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked good fashion moments in this <laughs> and it was and it was it was hilarious but but you know like i said i i think we've just been so spoiled with like these crazy outrageous twists and turns in a lot of horror movies and shows that we've watched um so it was a little it was a little predictable but it doesn't mean that i did not enjoy it i thought it was awesome she's good as she was 10 years ago she's good as donna costello enough's enough the joke's gone too far she had a little soft gurgle in the back of her throat when she comes. Ah, like a small animal dying. It's not funny, Richard. Ah, ah, You're crazy. You're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> All right, let, let's let's just let's stop beating around the bush. Let's get into the end. Okay. So oh, the in ending. the in the end, after Richard kills Alan and Della. We yes. learn that new, it was a surprise party because yes. she finally got pregnant because he drags yes. her body too. Because we learn that Alan has another house. So they're staying yes. in one house, house and then Alan has another house, a guest house. They're like, yeah. Yes. And that's what it is. It's like a guest. It's not a vacation. Like I said earlier, it's a guest house. And I guess he lives in like. I think woods. we did. We did kind of fail to mention like periodically throughout the episode they imply that he has not been able to get her pregnant yes 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 we no, like, yeah, so, I think so we mentioned it a little earlier yeah, yeah having trouble. It, it happens like three or four times where he's like because i can't give you a baby and yeah you know, i guess homeboys shooting blanks they definitely it's in your face they make sure yeah you they hear do him it several times okay, okay um and again he he drags her 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 body with the pantyhoe around the neck drags her to Alan's house and there is like their friends and family I'm assuming surprise balloons confetti big banner that says you're gonna be a dad yeah it says happy anniversary you're gonna be a daddy yes and he's got that he drops her limp body on the ground he's looking at everyone so confused and it's a really depressing it's a super depressing ending but it's executed so well like if you go into it not knowing how it's going to end if you're a little 
You know, you don't pick mm-hmm. up on the whole pregnancy thing. You're like, wow, it's fucked that up. is yeah. horrible. Yeah, that he just great. killed his pregnant wife. It's great, though. Like, the execution is great. It's Super so well, cool. well done. And that's kind of what I love about this episode, how it's mm-hmm. really just a payoff. Yeah. And it's like yeah. a, a lesson yeah. learned type of deal where it's basically telling you don't be jealous of your significant other. Right. And that's right. that's where the I love that that's where the episode ends too. You don't see the reactions from the friends and family. It, mm-hmm. it ends with you know a shot of her dead on the floor and him shocked, just holding her. Yeah, and it ends with the crypt keeper saying, "That's what I call dragging your wife to a party." Yeah, <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about his little <laughs> segments, which we'll get to in a sec too. But I also, I, there's one thing about this episode, and we'll go into some things we didn't like. We'll, we'll each talk mm-hmm. about it. Um, the one thing that drives me crazy about this episode, and I love this episode, is when she throws herself out of the window when he's trying to break into the into Oh, the it room. happens in like four different cutaways. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, yeah. I was like, yo, did you really necessarily have to throw yourself out of the window to escape? Well, he's going to kill you. No, I get that. But no, like, wait, maybe she would have killed herself window. doing that. So I yeah. just thought that was pretty funny. Chris, what's something you didn't like about the episode? I like I already said, I think that the writing it, it kind of uh kind of betrays the 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 plot of the episode. I think that you as a viewer are supposed to uh you know, you're supposed to be like, "Oh, well, this guy is going crazy for no reason." But it it's very clearly not for no reason. The the the, the stuff yeah. that these right. two are saying to each other in front of this guy and without without any kind of clarification or without any kind of talking him down from the edge yeah of course he's gonna snap like that i mean you know i'm not advocating for the murder part but <laughs> oh my god the guy snaps justifiably because these two are talking to each other like they want to jump bones yeah it's it's it, yeah. it's very in your face with their kind of weirdo flirtatious relationship what about yeah. you, Sammy? Is there something you didn't I, like? I I wish I I wish I had a better answer, but um, it's like the same with Chris. Like, because the the writing and the dialogue between the two of them is so obvious and so obnoxiously blatantly insinuating that they are having an affair. It's hard for you to steer <laughs> your audience in the other direction if all you're telling me that they're having an affair. I'm like, okay, they're obviously not now. Because if they were, it would be more on the hush. Maybe right? they that's were. That's kind of the way I see it. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe, maybe she, maybe Alan knocked her up. Maybe that's the that's yeah. the that's oh, the that's post credit scene. Now we're talking something else. <laughs> that's the, that's what we learned. Yeah. We learned about we learned that it was Alan's baby. Subtext yeah. from the crypt here. So yeah, that that's that's the only thing. I I, I wish I was like I said. I, I mean, I wish I was more more surprised. I guess. I don't know. Definitely it's a dialogue thing. Yeah, no, it's he- some- I agree. It's heavy handed. Like it's heavy handed with like, I need a baby. I can't get you pregnant. I'm broke. I'm yeah. poor. And then all the flirtations. Look at I- I me. I'm that. so poor. Yeah, I could yeah. see. I could definitely see like someone watching. Honestly, when you go on, like when you watch the review, like check reviews on IMDb, it has a pretty decent score. Like people do enjoy oh, this episode. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's one of my like favorite it. ones. Personally, just good. because of the ending. The ending makes yeah. the entire episode great. You're like, oh my God, this is so... I remember the first time I saw it, I was probably like in high school. And I was like, 
What? That's horrible. Yeah. I guess maybe I was blind to it. I was yeah. like, wait, are at, they? At that time, though, yeah. yeah. I was a lot younger, so if you think about yeah. it, as a kid, as an adult, I and was like... There is, like, a another... I don't know if you guys caught it, but, but when Richard is trying to hack at Della from the other side of the door, she, like, gropes her belly, like four times and starts she's oh, holding wow. her belly and she's moaning oh, yeah shit. so so if you didn't get it before you might have at least had a suspicion at that point because she keeps going like this she's like holding her belly mm. like this and she's like oh ew oh like, so it oh, is no. it's, it's one of those things where it's like upon second viewing you pick up on stuff yeah like, yeah oh, so, like well, she doesn't I, drink I, she doesn't drink either oh. he, there's a, there's a, a scene where he's you know he's pounding whatever he's pounding and she takes the glass from him and puts it down so it's Mm -hmm. really smart if you think about it smart Mm -hmm. for tales from the crypt how they insinuate that she is pregnant without i feel like that's the more subtle thing in the episode which is good because that's the payoff so that that's kind of smart writing when you think about it so i have a question (laughs) what if you did you catch did you catch that little line that Richard says just just as he's dragging her to the cabin? What does he say? He says, "How about after he's killed her?" He says, "How about we go try for that kid again?" Oh no! Ooh, Jeez! <laughs> did you not? Catch really? It? I think I did hear him say it, but I, oh. now that you repeat it, I'm like, wait a second. There's it was necrophilia. Necro- now? It was a necrophilic <laughs> moment. Necrophilic. I'm sorry. I don't use that word often in the sentence. Let's go work on that kid. So he dragged her. His purpose of taking her to the cabin is not to get her out of the way from view because they're in like the fucking woods. He drags her to the cabin so he can have sex with her dead body. That's that even is... darker than him murdering her pregnant. Yikes. <laughs> Thank you. There you go, Sam. Th- he also describes uh, when he's like going ham with uh, I, I, I can't because th- this is again the writing. It's just like it was so cringeworthy <laughs> when he's when he's going uh, at it with Alan and he's getting ready to shoot him with a crossbow. Yeah. He says something like, oh, well, like how was how was sex with her? Was it when she came? Did it look like a baby? What was it like a baby? Da- a baby, a animal, baby animal dying. Yeah. yeah. He goes, "Did she look like a baby animal dying?" I was like, "Who fucking says that?" <laughs> Richard says that. My He's, man, Richard. Richard. <laughs> Obviously, and, Richard is. Holy shit! He's got well, he mental drunk. problems. He like obviously the dude obviously was stressed out, had issues. And it drove him to Does it sound like a murder. baby animal? So she, he's obviously yeah. sick in the head. So Okay, I guess, yeah. Uh, now, now, before we wrap up here, uh, <laughs> I do want to point out, I do love the, the, the Crypt Keeper wraparound segments. Crypt Keeper, most mm-hmm. people should know. He always introduces yes. the episode and closes it out. I do love that in the beginning, he's just hanging out with like a record player, introducing the tale, playing music. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end he's like oh he had a microphone and like the yeah. headphones yeah, yeah 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 and then at the end he's like in his own little party with like confetti and what, what are those things called that go in and out that you blow the air into them I forget I don't know yeah, I, don't, you know, I, I know noise, what you're talking about they like un, unravel yeah yeah it's pretty funny just seeing him like doing that and then like you you Sammy you already said the line that uh oh I'm says, sorry I just I ruined it <laughs> no you didn't That's, I ruined it what was the he, line again I, it was so good. Well, he uh, do you have do you, do you remember what he says in the beginning? No, what does he say? Because you it seems like you oh, remember. Oh God! Okay, what I wrote it say? down because it was so funny. <laughs> so he does because he's like known for doing all that play on words, yeah. but making them spooky. Yeah. So we've got 
holy deadlock, love and perish through richer or horror and through sickness and and stealth. Oh my god, that's holy, great. Through love and perish, through richer or horror, through sickness and stealth. And at the end, he says, wait, he says, now that's what I call dragging your wife to a party. That's what it was. Yes, that's what you said. <laughs> Perfect. Crypt Keeper's the man. That's what makes it's so funny oh, because so good. after such a dark ending, a depressing, yeah. twisted ending at the end when you find it out. It lightens you know, it up. Yeah, you're like, well, wow, that's a good way to kind of, you know, kind of yeah. brighten it up a little bit. Just like him being entertaining and funny, the Crypt Keeper. So because I've seen so many horror movies because of Via Louie, most of them, <laughs> um, a lot of things just don't scare me as yeah. much as they used to. And now the things that scare me, like what Chris was bringing up before, are the things that are actually plausible. So something like this will keep me up at night. But something where there's like a ghost or like some kind of exorcism or something supernatural, things like that don't scare me, you know? So like maybe the Crypt Keeper, maybe Tales from the Crypt, most of them I wouldn't really get scared of. But this is fucking scary because this shit can happen. There's oh, got sure. it. There's like has deep dive yeah. true crime podcasts on similar situations to this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Where oh, the yeah, guy yeah. has no temper. He has a short temper and he's kind of psychotic. Yeah. And his it, wife it is pregnant. Seems and he like, kills a, her. like a thing that could happen. I mean, there's sure. tons of examples of you know pregnant wives being murdered by their husbands. Let's go work on that kid. It's pretty, pretty, pretty morbid shit. So would yeah, you guys okay, recommend this episode to someone? Sammy, would you recommend this to someone? Oh yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I think it was I think it was cool and it does have like a fun twist ending which fun. It's a fun twist ending. <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which I would assume most people would not expect. What about you, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. I I, yeah. I Kara and I might actually watch it together. Oh, you might throw she, it on she for She started it, and she didn't get to finish it, and so she may have heard me spoil the ending, but if not, then I'd like her, you know, finish out the episode. Yeah, I, I think it's an underrated Tales from the Crypt episode. You know, I feel like yeah. more people should watch it, and the fact that it lands more in the, in the, in the realm of reality, and it being, mm-hmm. I don't think people act this way, like the way they're all acting, but, you know... It could, like you said, it could really happen, and that's what's so that's scary, scary about, about it. That's the most terrifying right. aspect of this episode. So mm-hmm. I'd 100% recommend it, especially if you're a fan of the show and maybe you're skipping around. Definitely yeah. take 30 minutes to watch Three's a Crowd. <laughs> Open the door, and I'll give it to you. I know you've been saving it for Alan, but you know what? I want you to wear it for me. You fucking whore! So that was Tales from the Crypt. Three's a crowd. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover, and also check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. And if you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, the best cure for a hangover 
is more, more booze. booze. See you guys later.